Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Healthy Parenting, pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. My name is Jason Grant Henriquez, and joining me today is our co-producer, Bahati Banks. Hi, Jason. How are you doing today? Hey, Bahati. What's going on? I'm wonderful. It's a beautiful day today. Fantastic. So today, um, whether you believe it exists or not, as a busy mom or dad, you can't help but wonder if you're maintaining a healthy work-life balance. I've never heard that concept before. (laughs) (laughs) Is that even a concept for us? I know, right? It is a concept, but when you figure full-time job, parenting, volunteering, spending time with friends and family when you get a chance, uh, and for some of our listeners, even taking courses to earn an advanced degree, all those things kind of make up this concept of work-life balance. So to give our listeners some tips and insights on how she maintains a healthy work-life balance, we've invited Dr. Sarah Hart Unger, who is a Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital pediatric endocrinologist and co-host of her own parenting podcast. Ooh, so she's going to be a natural. Yes. So this episode I get to lay back and relax and <laughs> Not you guys quite. can handle it? Okay. Not quite. We want your bubbly personality and, Smooth uh, and, buttery. and insight, <laughs> of course. But um, we have uh, Dr. Hunger Art who will be joining us today. But before we get to today's guest... Jason and I will be talking about the following topics in our coffee chat segment, activism in teens and OECD's work-life balance 2017 survey. Interesting, interesting. You know, it's funny because I actually uh, took a little glimpse at our uh, articles. Yes. It looks like teen activism is Mm -hmm. a double-edged sword. It can be. Which is is really interesting because I I, I don't remember, I mean, I was was in my years. (laughs) I dabbled a little bit, okay? You know, <laughs> okay. Teens like helping each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the Chiefs of the Angels. But mm-hmm. I don't know if that ever drove me to fast food. <laughs> you know, it's one of the things that I read in the article. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. it's quite interesting. It so. is an interesting um, article and topic that we will be discussing. And I can't wait to figure out more about this work-life balance because I, I heard it's a myth. It is. For some people, it is. It depends on who you ask. So we'll get into that. Fantastic. Though. Before we move on, here's a word from our sponsor. Stephanie Miller, and I'm the music therapist here at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, and you're listening to the Healthy Parenting Podcast pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Patient Hospital. Patient and family-centered care. At Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, it's the difference you notice. It's what you feel. It's how we care. And it's why we've been recognized as the world's first designated person-centered children's hospital by Plaintree. When it matters most, trust Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Learn more at jdch.com care. Welcome back. Before we get to today's, today's special guest, let's share with what's making news in the parenting world. Bahate. Hey, so what is making news in the parenting world? What isn't making news I in the know, parenting what world? Isn't <laughs> news. So, two topics I wanted to talk about today are activism in teens and mm-hmm. um, work life balance 27 survey that was done by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, otherwise known as OECD. So, first up, activism. And teens, so I'm sure, mm-hmm. positive, yeah. <laughs> that you are fully aware of all of the um, the, the growing movement um, mm-hmm. over the last, um, not just a um, few months with the I aftermath. I would like to say the last 
few years, years so especially utilizing uh, social media as a platform to, to galvanize yes, the Yes, yes. Um, but most recently with the mass high school shooting in Parkland, Florida, mm-hmm. which is about 20 minutes north of where we are, um, teens from across the country have mobilized to participate in a variety of civic engagement activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that particular case, it's been to advocate for gun control. Other cases, it could be... Um, it could be for police violence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it could be gun violence. It bullying. Could be bullying, yep. exactly. Um, this whole uh, no shaming, no bullying, which also obviously goes back to bullying. But mm-hmm. there's just so many issues that teens and adolescents are dealing with today. And it's like... And speaking up on. And speaking up on. Because of social media, they, I think on some level are feeling a lot more empowered yes. to speak and have a voice. Um, and they can <laughs> because well, uh, we of have course these they channels can. now. And now they know, or at least they have a reasonable expectation that mm-hmm. they can throw their voice out there and they'll get somebody to back them. People yes. will show up yes. as, as opposed to stepping out there. You know, throwing your words out there mm-hmm. is a little bit easier. Both uh, this is also a double-edged sword for mm-hmm. being positive and being negative. Mm-hmm. You can throw your words out there, mm-hmm. and it's easier to express yourself yes. via words, and yes. then and then to get others to back you up, and then you feel empowered. Then you maybe you'll step outside or behind you know mm-hmm. the computer. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense yeah, that yeah. activism is becoming more prevalent now with social media. And it, it's not that it hasn't been act, um, it hasn't been relevant. Mm-hmm. Historically, young people have usually been on the forefront of mobilizing marches yes, in they response have. to social injustice like Vietnam War, mm-hmm. d- desegregation, challenging child labor laws, even going back into the 1800s mm-hmm. and the 50s and the 60s. Obviously, a lot of those marches that took place back then were college students, mm-hmm. right? So, it's always been like this student-led movement, like but a grassroots now, thing. right? But, but now I think it's younger, it, even <laughs> younger. Younger. But I think it's because now, now, uh, even back then, yes, the, the youth were, were pioneers mm-hmm. and a lot of change, mm-hmm. but were usually not taking very seriously until a quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, a grown up then yes. back to and then they were taking seriously. Right, right, okay? right. Um, it's funny because uh, in the article I, that mm-hmm. I read, mm-hmm. I did not know that the original, um, uh, I would say, sit down protest um, on the bus was a, a teen. Yes. It wasn't Rosa, Rosa Parks. Parks. It was yeah. a teen. And that, and that they saw that, they loved it. They said, hmm, she's young. They're not going get, to get behind her. I think it's because she was um, pregnant. Oh, she was a pregnant teen. Okay. And, she, she, okay. and she was a single mom. Okay. So they said that was not the best foot forward. So, for well, those they, times. For, that, for those times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they had, um, you know, then when Rosa Parks did it, then they, they jumped in on board. Right, because she was in her early 40s. Right, you mm-hmm. know, and then, you know, she was you know, strong woman. Right, right, She's right, a right. grown-up. Right, so right. So I think that recently now with, with uh, the social media platforms, mm-hmm. any age can get involved because they know that, you know, words words are powerful, mm-hmm. and then a lot of words are more powerful. They'll take us, take us, they'll take them, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, young people, more seriously yeah. when it's louder voices, more mm-hmm. voices, much more tweets, much more posts, much mm-hmm. more shares. Mm-hmm. That will galvanize people. And they'll take you more seriously now than, you know, one, you know, 13-year-old saying, hey, <laughs> this is wrong. Right. And then across the whole, I agree. Right. You know? it, right. So right. it, it, it's, it your, your reach. Yes, and your reach is yeah. just, like saying on a mountaintop mm-hmm. and shouting it. And people saying, I concur. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I agree. So there was a recent study published in the journal Child Development mm-hmm. that 
apparently tracked 10,000 U.S. teens, and they found that those who participated in organized civic engagement activities like voting or protesting or demonstrating, holding rallies, um, may help galvanize their belief in their own ability to achieve goals. It connects them to empowering social networks like we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. and it also cultivates their professional skills because when you think about just the organizing that it takes to plan a march or to plan a rally or to plan a national school walkout, regardless of what you just decide. Solid, you, just to solidify a message. Yeah, just you know, to solidify what, a what, message, what are we about right. you know, right, in right. terms of to, to an agreement? Yeah, that takes a lot of planning and a lot of organizing. So it's said, the study is basically saying that it's a good thing. It's uh, Activism is a good thing in terms of um, challenging or channeling mm-hmm. uh, youth's um, channel, channeling their voice mm-hmm. and channeling um, their message and speaking out on behalf of things that they really believe in. Mm-hmm. Yet yeah, there's a double-edged sword to that because from what I read, it's also that uh, it can create frustration. Mm-hmm. So as as you're very as you're a youth and you're very vocal about mm-hmm. a, a certain thing, if you're not taking it seriously, you get frustrated. <laughs> and it says then that in theory, that frustration leads those same activists into experimental drugs, mm-hmm. into smoking, mm-hmm. even fast food. Mm-hmm. So activism is both good and bad. And it's interesting that it looks like it's a double-edged sword. Now, of course, the article did say that a correlation does not mean causality. That's right. Correlation okay. usually does not mean does not causality. causality. No, but it does not. they did notice that. Right, um, right. So I find, that, I find that that part, as I'm reading it, I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Wanting to save the environment made me lead me to McDonald's. <laughs> what I does think, that mean? Yeah, that's a good point you know? that you brought up because I think, in essence, like at the core of that, mm-hmm. it has more to do with um, not being heard. Yes. So I can imagine. I imagine as a as a early teen mm-hmm. when I wasn't heard, I t- I did act out. Yes. And it, exactly. it was frustrating, and because I don't know who else do you turn to? You know, if you're not being heard by mm-hmm. your parents. Where do you turn to? You may internalize stuff mm-hmm. and start doing um, bad things. So yeah, so it's yeah. a very interesting double-edged sword we have here with activism. But I champion it. I do too. With a question mark. I do too. I do too. My first march, I was uh, in the tenth or eleventh grade. It was mm. 1992, and Bush first Bush, um, had just declared war on Iraq. Mm-hmm. And my brother was in the army at the time. And I was right. like, oh my God, I'm going to send my brother. And and we did the school walkout. Oh. And it was like the first time I'd ever participated. And it was very empowering. I was like, wow, this is so cool. I never experienced mm-hmm. that before. Um, and like with the national school walkouts, there are students that actually got in trouble uh-huh. for walking yes, out. Um, I don't know if your boys attended a school that participated in the definitely school Definitely not. <laughs> they definitely did not. They did not. They okay. did not. They okay. made it very clear that we had uh, emails and text messages saying, you know, no, we're not. We're not. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm, while there were other schools that were completely behind their students mm-hmm. walking out because it wasn't just walking out to get a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. They were walking out in solidarity with other students. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's interesting times. See? See? Exactly. <laughs> Very interesting times. So next up, uh, later on in the show, we have Dr. Sarah Hart Unger. Uh, she'll be talking about work-life balance. She is a full-time pediatrician, 
She's a, a pediatric endocrinologist is her specialty, but she also has, she's a, a full-time mom. She's and a Jane a wife. of all trades. <laughs> yes. And she also co-hosts her own uh, podcast. So she is like a perfect guest to talk oh, about. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Because the work-life balance is a myth. Yeah. And her <laughs> main goal is to prove to me, <laughs> and you listeners will, will, will just, you'll participate, but prove to me. Uh-huh. That this concept is reality. The concept, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> so like work-life balance has different meanings right. depending on who you ask. The basic definition is the balance an individual needs to allocate to work and other aspects of life. So like your family, your mm-hmm. personal time, your leisure time. So it's very personal. Like work-life balance isn't 50% mm-hmm. work, 50% personal. It's as needed. Right. It's a case-by-case basis. Right. But then... Who are you to decide? Well, I mean, you are you are you, but you are who you are you? Decide. But who are you to decide what you need? You know, it's it's a weird thing to say because there's a fine line between you know I need this for me mm-hmm. and you know I need this for me. Mm. You know, mm. so like, how do you know that this particular work life balance choice that you're making is not selfish? She will get into See? that. <laughs> so I'm just saying, and it's funny because I, I'm, as a parent, you mm-hmm. know, I, you know. I have a day job. I have a 0.5 day job. You guys are listening to me right now. <laughs> um, I have my own digital media yes. that, I'm, that I work on. Right. I go to school. I have my kids. Right. Um, you know, and you know, I try to to make sure that most of the external things I do mm-hmm. don't happen on the days I have my kids. Because you know, of course, I'm a part time single dad, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I have time to allocate to that. Right. But there's sometimes when it spills over. You know, sure. and I have no choice. And, you know, I, I find myself apologizing profusely to my boys. Listen, I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to be editing or filming today, but, you know, I've got to do it real quick. Huh. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? And is that me being selfish? Or am I am I just editing my work-life balance to, to accommodate a particular goal that I have? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Well, these are things, and I, and I do legitimately mm-hmm. feel guilty mm-hmm. whenever I have to work on projects mm-hmm. on the days that I have my boys because mm-hmm. I have no excuse. I have time off. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not like um, uh, many of the... Know, single parents or that don't have scheduled time off right. or have I leg- legitimately have three evenings a week mm-hmm. to cram whatever I need to cram mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. so it doesn't affect my time with my children mm-hmm. so you know is that work-life balance am I being selfish am I being accommodating hmm, hmm. you know and that, that's that's what I'm going to be asking our guests yes definitely yes there was an article so much guilt <laughs> there was an article I read and it specifically said do not feel guilty for taking time for yourself <laughs> it was literally about that right, feeling right. guilty when you have to um, do for self, when mm-hmm. you have to stay late at work or you have a conference to go to mm-hmm. or a million things can come up in life. And so the, the the point was don't feel guilty because this is just life happening. Exactly. And kids are resilient. I mean, my mom spent an, six days a week at work. What? And so at a, as a child, I'm like, oh my mom but right. in retrospect I understood that she had to work that mm-hmm. was not an option right so while and, 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 and your kids are the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital team has every medical <laughs> but, but specialty a parent could want and the expertise every child needs so when it matters most trust the experts in pediatrics at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital what was going on in my home now but it doesn't change the fact of how I felt then true you know whether it was neglected or whether it was upset so you know so my my children they're fantastic mm-hmm. they they may be understanding mm-hmm. you know now and even more understanding later sure but that doesn't change how they felt then and the how memory, you feel and how I feel mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so 
you know <laughs> my bottom lip is hanging out <laughs> so one last thing so the OECD uh, they have this it's called Better Life Index and it ranks 38 countries from around the world and on different topics and one of the topics is work life balance mm-hmm. of course US ranked 28 number one <laughs> no <laughs> far far oh, far I'm far sorry. from it 28 28 out of wow. 38 so pretty close to the bottom so yeah. that is an indicator that most Americans are unbalanced when they of course. come to work. Well, life I mean balance. that's that's goes without saying. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the American dream, what's mm-hmm. left of it, and then if you work hard, you might get somewhere, and or on the other spectrum, you need to work extra hard just to maintain, you know, what you ha- living, a little bit, yeah, what little bit you have. <laughs> so right. it's not a surprise yeah. that we're so low. It's it is a shame because you would think that our, our standards should be higher. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're held to such a, to such a high regards, mm-hmm. I think, left in the world. So Some places, some places think we some are. <laughs> <laughs> so we <Yeah>. should strive. <laughs> to we be should, a model. Right, we should <laughs> try. Actually, Lead by Nether- example. Yeah, the Netherlands are actually that model. So really? take a look. Take a no, look at how I'm the Netherlands gonna, gonna are doing. going to take a trip to the Netherlands. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, can, we can do a remote, remote <laughs> podcasting from yeah, there. That yeah, works. Yeah, <laughs> Great discussion. Fantastic. Thank you, Bahari. Before we get to today's guest, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Bruce, security here at the hospital, and you're listening to the Healthy Parenting Podcast, pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. The Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital team has every medical specialty a parent could want and the expertise every child needs. So when it matters most, trust the experts in pediatrics at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Welcome back, and thank you once again for joining us on the Healthy Parenting Podcast. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Dr. Sarah Hart Unger, to the show. Welcome, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. So, Dr. Hunger, Hart Unger. Hart Unger, I know it's hard. It's hyphenated, so it's heart hyphen hunger. Okay. Um, so today we wanted you to talk about uh, work-life balance. You obviously are a full-time mom. You're a pediatric endocrinologist, which um, I'd like you to share what that means to mm-hmm. some of our listeners. Plus, you have a, a lot of other activities going on in your life, so we thought you'd be a great guest to just give some tips and advice and some insights on what it means to be a modern um work-life balance professional. <laughs> I like you said that modern. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say there's definitely not a one-size-fits-all definition. Mm-hmm. So I'm just one potential iteration yes. out of many. Right. And there's no, I guess my one thing that I would emphasize is that there's no wrong answer. If what you're mm-hmm. doing works for you and your family, mm-hmm. then it's the right thing. Then it's there's nothing to feel guilty about. But I'm happy to share my logistics because I know that that's always oh, kind means, of fun to hear. Means. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So let's start with um, your background. So you're a Pediatric endocrinologist. Explain what 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 do you, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, so I um, I do pediatric endocrinology, which is disorders of hormones in children, mm. and that includes anything from early or late puberty to growth problems to um, diabetes to um, some more exotic disorders of adrenal function, and mm. even um, nowadays we do uh, treat transgender patients as well. So mm. it's it's really quite broad. Um, yeah, and we also we do a lot of outpatient work, but we also take calls. So I just came off of a week of calls in which I saw a bunch of patients in the neonatal ICU. We okay. see patients on the floors. We're kind of everywhere. Okay. All right. Um, oh. yeah. All over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I am fully trained as a general pediatrician, oh. um, as are all most pediatric subspecialists. Mm-hmm. But then you do a three additional years of training to get your fellowship and then, you know, ended up where I am now. That sounds extensive. 
it takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> what was your motivation for wanting to specialize in endocrinology? Oh, man, I just loved it. You know, I actually I was interested in it as early as undergraduate. I took a class oh. called Hormones and Behavior oh. and found it incredibly powerful how these, you know, mysterious chemicals yes. seem to influence so much. <laughs> and then as I went through medical school, I, I trained at Duke. Um, all of the uh, pediatrics rotations were my favorite. So I okay. put the two together and it was a it was a perfect match. That's perfect. Awesome. Have you guys heard just uh, on a tangent? Netflix has a new yet another new um, original series called Big Mouth. Yes. No. Absolutely. What's that about? Absolutely. Well, hormones. <laughs> literally. Absolutely. It's targeting teens or adolescents who are literally going through puberty. You know, okay. Well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's it, not it's it's rated in for mature. That's why. Yeah, it's definitely it's mature. It's rated mature, but it does. It's a very I would call it a stylized and very adult look at uh, the hormone process. Oh, I would probably love it. it. Oh, it's great! It's <laughs> oh my gosh! The hormones are actually personified as a monster. It's called a hormone monster. As it male, whispers into your ear, yeah. and there's a male one, is a female one, <laughs> so and great. it is. Just delightful. I am show. so checking this out. You need Thank to check you. It out. You totally <laughs> should. It's really, really funny. Read it in for mature. <laughs> when you mentioned hormones, I was like, oh, the hormone monster. You know, it's the funny. hormone it's monster. I didn't even think about that. Yes, <laughs> yes. And while I'm very uh, well versed in dealing with it in my patients, mm-hmm. I have not experienced it as a parent yet. So I was going to introduce the other side of my yes, life, yes, which I'm a mom of three. Um, I have a six year old, a four year old, and a four and a half month old. Oh my gosh. So I am just in the thick of it right now. You are <laughs> all phases. <laughs> wow. Yes. Well, that's yeah. awesome. And you also are the co host of yeah. your own podcast. You know, that's like kind of a hobby that I do on the side. Uh-huh. Um, it's completely, you know, for fun, yeah. it's not a part time job. Sure. Um, but I've really enjoyed it, kind of actually sharing a lot of talk about work-life balance mm-hmm. and hearing Absolutely. from other moms and how they make it work. Yeah. I also, you know, I do other stuff, too. I've, I've written a blog for a long time. Really? That's sort of an outlet for me. Okay. I'm a runner. I've done a few marathons, although none since having kids. Okay. <laughs> Got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> I love to read. I don't believe that your life has to stop after you have kids. Mm, and that's, that's a, Repeat that, please. Just one I more do time. not believe your life has to stop after you have kids. Now, there I are seasons. Yes. I'm so in a season right now. Of I mean, course. literally this morning, I was like, oh, maybe I'll work out and then no my, <laughs> my poor little daughter had Aww. has croup and um oh. it was a horrible night last night wow. and you know this morning it was sort of like you know what it's okay i'm there for her at night mm-hmm. i'm there for her this morning mm-hmm. not getting in a lot of me time today but there will be fine i i now know from mm-hmm. having my other kids who are a little bit older that mm-hmm. there will be time for that down the road yes yes so oh. please as so we inspiring already we even get into it <laughs> i'm inspired so let's start the conversation off at you you mentioned like you said you are multiple you wear multiple hats so Mm -hmm. what is your definition of work-life balance yeah I mean you definitely cannot have it all you you can have your all like Mm -hmm. you have to define like what you want out of life and I'm not saying you can't have something amazing and wonderful because I think my hodgepodge is but you can't do everything so Mm -hmm. you have to let go of the fact that you're going to have Pinterest looking creations brought to school (laughs) and like a yoga master and work full-time and be at home full-time and Mm -hmm. homeschool your kids you know you have to you have to choose but I still think what you can do in in your life in a week in a day can be pretty remarkable I also think you know sometimes there's an emphasis on doing everything at all stages but Mm -hmm. sometimes you focus here and sometimes you focus there yes Yes. You see, okay, so you did say you, you can't have it all, but you can try. But <laughs> how do you how do you differentiate between trying to balance? Uh, but I still don't think you can try to have it all. You can try or, or you try can, or, or you have, have, a vers- lot. have your version of it all. Yes, but exactly. But then, where do you draw the line where it becoming a little selfish? Where a patient, oh, where, where where a parent might say, "Hey, listen, I, you know, I'm trying to you know be a good parent, you know, do well with my career, and still have my own personal life." But when 
just guilt set and saying, you know what? Should, oh, I, should I be question. doing this? So she, guilt sets in a lot, but I don't think it's about selfishness. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, let's be a little careful with our genderedness, right? Right. You know, if, if dad has one or two things going on in addition to work and parenting, probably he's not feeling terribly guilty. I mean, maybe he is. Mm-hmm. This day and age, things have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely, you hear mom guilt a lot mm-hmm. more than you hear dad guilt. So I think women have to be careful not to place things externally on them. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the overall picture. Are your children thriving? Do you have a nurturing relationship with them? You know, are, are the things getting done that need to get done? Mm-hmm. You know, doctor's mm-hmm. appointments, mm-hmm. support for doing their homework, etc. Like, you know, the basics. Once you have those covered, um, you know, there's actually a big movement away from so-called helicopter parents. Uh So uh maybe you're damaging yourself. You could have guilt by doing too much for your kids. I mean, who knows? Um, There's a lot of interesting literature on like trying to teach your kids more independent and letting them play outside and and that we overestimate the dangers of certain. That's totally way off scope. But I guess I think there's I think if anything, women, women especially Mm -hmm. have too much guilt. I think there are very few selfish women that are like off in the corner giving themselves a spa treatment while they hand their kids the phone. Like, I don't think. I don't think that's happening. I think more likely mom's desperately trying to make dinner exactly. and feeling guilty about putting on a 20-minute episode of, like, Daniel Tiger. <laughs> well, yeah. What would you say to, to a mom that's, that's just beginning to feel that kind of guilt when it's not necessarily warranted? Oh, man. I guess I would just say think about treating yourself as if you would treat a friend of yours. So if your oh. friend came to you and said, oh, my God, I'm such a horrible person and let my kid watch two hours of TV when he was sick because I was trying to finish a work assignment, you would say to that friend, oh, my gosh, you're just making it work one day at a time. Amazing to you for taking care of your wow. kid and getting your work done. That is a brilliant concept. And we would never lay that kind of guilt on our friends, our friends. the way we lay it mm-hmm. on ourselves. Or so. our hardest critics, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Definitely, definitely. What examples do you have of uh, something that's not work-life balance? That's not work-life yeah. balance? Oh, man. That's a great question. I mean, well, I- I'm married to a surgeon, and he... Um, he sounds I- fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he is fantastic. And you know what? I don't think he always had a lot of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. When we had our daughter, he was still in fellowship. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's like sad to think about the fact that I think he spent like her months one through four like seeing her once a week and that Aww. wasn't work-life balance for him right. and unfortunately at the time it was pretty unavoidable um, but he's really made a conscious effort at this point in his mm-hmm. life he doesn't he doesn't he works somewhere else but um, <laughs> you know he 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 makes a point of taking our daughter to school mm-hmm. on to kindergarten on, on Fridays and you know he figures out where those lines are for him but of going through a conscious thought process mm-hmm. about what he really wanted, the default wasn't towards work-life balance for him. So right. I guess that would be an example where you're mm-hmm. just sort of letting the default work culture carry you without a thought for wh- what you really want to be doing from day to day. Because, you know, the years pass us by. It goes fast. I feel like my six-year-old was a baby like five right. years ago. Right, very true. <laughs> <laughs> you make a really, really important point. It's, it's very personalized. Like when you think of work-life balance, when I first hear the concept, it's like, okay, 50% work, or 50% oh, no. personal, yeah, but that's no. impossible Everyone's going to gonna have a different right. fraction. Yeah. And yeah. for some people, they may feel in their hearts that they want to be home for a certain season or they want to really push hard at work in another season, mm-hmm. and there's really not a right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as long as you have someone that's providing excellent loving care for the children, mm-hmm. it could be another family member, it could be the dad at certain points mm-hmm. being the more primary parent, it, it really, it's going to depend. So there's there's no one right way, and I definitely don't think the right way to look at balance is 
to say, well, my plate has to be this many hours. <laughs> it, that's unrealistic. Yeah, it's it not totally one size is. fits all. Definitely. Exactly. Have you seen Bad Moms? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so the example of the main protagonist was that she was it, her work life balance was was off. It was all on one side, all mom all the time, and then she you know basically snapped and went all her all the time. Huh. That's you know more realistic than we could think. What would you say to a parent or a mom? That has that that immediate shift. They you know they, they burnt themselves out from from being all mom, all parent, all career, and says you know what I'm good. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do a little little more me. I'm gonna do just enough to make sure my children are safe, but it's all me now. I've, what would you say? I highly doubt most moms would actually bring it to all themselves. Mm-hmm. I guess that's where I would I would be careful there. Mm-hmm. But I think that probably I mean that the beginning of that movie, the way she, she that she's like the Pinterest mom trying uh-huh. to exactly like, that isn't realistic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad that she snapped out of it. And right. in the end she kinda was too. All right, and, and she did. <laughs> she found her, her middle ground in the end. But you know, to to, to gain more of a of a, of a her to re to I guess to regain herself, she basically just shut out pretty much everything and did the, the very bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And I find it to be that's what happens when you burn yourself out in life yeah. and, in, and in parenting. And you're right. The whole the goal is to get to the right place before you have to snap, right? right? right. To, so to practice, figure out what that self-care is that you need, mm-hmm. whether that be time to exercise or time with your friends or an X amount of time you want to be devoting to work mm-hmm. and be doing that you know, proactively mm-hmm. before you get to a place where you sort of can't stand it any longer. So I think, you know, I think intentionality is a really, really big part of it. Li- life, really. I don't think people spend enough time really sitting down and saying, like, what do I want these days, weeks, years to look like? Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. We're so very in the moment. Yes. <laughs> and yes. it's like, what does my boss need? Or, you know, yeah, if you're we're going putting back out to fires. Right. We're like in survival mode mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Instead of like looking forward and really planning that time, that space. So um, earlier in our coffee chat, Thank we you for talked joining us about healthy the OECD, or the Organization for Economic Cooperation iTunes, and Development. Or your favorite podcast they have a Better Life Index. And, visit and it's page. where they rank 38 countries around the world in different topics. And one of the topics is work-life balance. So, of course, the U.S. ranked 28 out of 38, which is, low, yeah. Yeah. which is very low. Which is very low. Tell me something else. <laughs> something new. So, so with that said, it, it stands to reason that most Americans aren't balancing their work and life in an optimal way. That, yeah. That's what it Or at least like. that it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may be doing it okay, but the mm-hmm. culture, you have to kind of buck against the culture. And I will tell you, I mean, I actually, um, I love this health system because mm-hmm. they allowed me the choice to alter my schedule. Um, and that has allowed me to spend some more time um, with the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm currently working 80% time mm-hmm. um, and that's, you know, official and mm-hmm. it's it's been great. That's so awesome. that's Fantastic. a way that, you know, I took the American work hours and I said, how can I make, how can I make my vision look more mm-hmm. like the European? Mm-hmm. And I worked with those um, that are, you know, manage me and, mm-hmm. and, and thankfully was able to move forward with that kind of a shift. So for me, it's about bucking the trends of what the default mm. may be. You know, I'm thankful mm-hmm. to work in an organization that mm-hmm. does, um, you know, really honor the desire to, to make our culture fit, I think, those who work here. And a lot more, can. definitely, a lot more companies are moving in that direction, I think. Well, yeah. I think so. I think bit. it is. I There's mean, a lot more. The companies like in Silicon Valley yes. are yes. Definitely, no, that, definitely that. leading yes. the charge. Yes. And for example, maternity mm-hmm. leaves are becoming longer. Um, yeah, and there may even be some U.S. paid leave at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. Um, New York State's doing it. Mm-hmm. California's doing it. So there's definitely trends in the right direction. Yeah, most definitely. What, uh, what would you... Hmm, what advice would you give to a parent or a mother or, and or both um, who aren't 
as lucky to be in a system that might work with them and you're stuck in the nine to five and have to do what they have to do and, and, and try and live their life? I would say lean on friends and family and ask for help. Ah, um, this system. is not just mom's problem. <laughs> this right. should be the family's problem. I mean, yes, my heart goes out to single moms and dads mm -hmm. out there that are doing it. And I, you know, my words to them are just like, you're amazing. I don't know how you do it. Like as much support as I can. It, like if I have a friend that needs to drop their kid off, like please mm -hmm. do it if, mm -hmm. if it's a single parent mm -hmm. kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. um, but as long as you're, you know, in a two parent household, I would say that we need to, to be careful not to rest at all on the default female figure where mm -hmm. back in the day, that's kind of <laughs> how things were. And you know, it starts really early. Like yes. We've talked about yes. how, you know, some of it is um, fueled by moms themselves. Yes. So they feel like, well, dad's not doing it exactly how I want. So mm -hmm. I'll just take over. Yep. And then like, it's a slippery slope before mm -hmm. dad doesn't actually feel like he can do it right or doesn't feel needed. And then that kind of, you know, it he can just creep says, up over you. the years. Yeah. And he, he just, just says, says, thank you. Or not. <laughs> or not. Yeah. I don't know. So I guess I would say um, to, you know, make sure things are as equitably or not equitably but appropriately split because mm -hmm. actually I don't believe that 50-50 is right for every family it mm -hmm. might be 90-10 in one family maybe dad needs to do more than the mom in another family it just needs to be thought through and it needs to not be all on one person mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. makes sense makes sense so um, some evidence based on research suggests that long work hours may impair personal health uh, jeopardize safety and increase stress obviously if you work you know, uh, an inordinate amount of time during the week. I can definitely see. I've, I'm sure all of us have succumbed yeah, we've been to there. <laughs> we've been uh, there. those struggles. So, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's a great point. And actually, I'm involved in graduate medical education yes. um, at Joe DiMaggio in the pediatrics residency program, which we're so excited is yes. launching um, in July. Ooh, right and, around the corner. Um, you know, culture of residency is a great example for this because back in the day when I trained, mm -hmm. when I trained, um, <laughs> there was an 80-hour work life work hours rule right. and actually the reaction from administration and the older residents was like 80 that's like nothing like I worked 120 like how could you pot like 80 that's and right. now we're finally acknowledging that a it wasn't healthy that's b it right. wasn't good for patient outcomes that's right um and c there are other ways of training residents rather than making them work for example in 30 hour shifts mm. so that culture has certainly responded to the understanding that it is you know not a healthy way to live no, um not. it wasn't a happy I mean I loved my training mm -hmm. but those 30 hour shifts were not happy memories no. <laughs> I for me anyway that yeah. sounds <laughs> How do you avoid being burnt out for something like oh, that? I could yeah. never. No, be I think burnout was kind of the default state was, for a lot of residents. And, and unfortunately, some people, you know, there are really sad stories um, in graduate medical yeah. education mm -hmm. to, that could be told. Mm -hmm. That was shocking. I, I used to work for a medical school in Atlanta, and one of the issues at that time was this back and forth of how long should residents be on call versus, you know, at some point you're, you're just tired. You're a human being. Yeah, your you're, body, yeah, you're going to shut a body shuts down at a <laughs> your point. Your body shuts down, and, it's, and then that ties directly into patient safety. So yep. it was shocking to me that this was even up for discussion. Oh, and nobody I, even acknowledged that sa patient safety piece uh, until maybe like 10 oh, years ago. Oh, I mean, this oh, is new, new stuff. You would, um, think, you would think that's mm. common sense. You know, if you don't want somebody driving 30-hour yeah, I mean, shifts. So. Part of it was they would argue that, you know, the offset of someone, you know, mm -hmm. basically working seemingly like they're drunk just from lack of sleep right. um, was offset by the fact that there was continuity of care. So like, you know, you knew the patient best. But the truth is, I remember I'd get to this point where I'm like, I can't thermoregulate anymore. <laughs> like, I feel like my body temperature is like like 92 degrees. And I don't think wow. I can fix it. Like, you wow. know, an hour 27 or whatever. Right, right. So, I mean, at a certain point, people reach their physiological limits. Some yes. people definitely have 
longer limits. Right, the zeal. Sure, sure. Yeah, they'll push through it. But yeah. Mm. Well, is there anything else <laughs> yes. you'd like to add before we end today's conversation? Um, I would say moms of young children, it gets easier. It really does. And this is from somebody who has a you know four and six year old and and a baby. Mm-hmm. And I really was kind of like on comparative easy street. I forgot. I mean, babies and toddlers are hard. No, of course, it does get easier. I'm sure it then get then gets harder again when those hormones hit. <laughs> yes. Yes. that's yeah. a different kind of harder. <laughs> It's not harder in terms of, like, you have to, like, physically be there to prevent them from bodily harm 24-7. This part's really hard. And it's short. It really is short. (laughs) So I would say just hang in there and get support from your friends. Make sure you're doing things as a team within your family um, and just hang on for the ride. All right. Thank you so much. Brilliant. That's exactly how you should end it. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time and for coming over. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you for joining us on Healthy Parenting. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Share with others and visit Giorgio Children's Hospital Facebook fan page.